The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. We cover a lot of crazy stories every single day here on The Big Show. This is one of the crazier ones that we're going to tell you. And it again speaks to Jay Inslee's complete lack of leadership in this state. How are you? I hope you're enjoying the snow. It's awfully darn pretty, isn't it? Coming to you from the Carter Subaru studio. Welcome. Busy afternoon. We're going to be following a lot of breaking news as well that uh, we're just getting uh, into our station that we'll be passing along with you. Let's get right to the big lead. The big lead. Your tax dollars at work. This is a crazy one. As I said, Jay Inslee has let almost every state department under his leadership go to heck. And you know where it went to heck? In a handbasket. So, as you know, our police agencies are the lowest number of cops per capita of any state in the union. We are on pace to have the highest murder rate in Washington state history. Those two are closely connected. When people were desperate as they were being laid off or forced out of work in the early days of the pandemic, two weeks, shut down, it'll slow the spread. It'll stop the spread. Uh, Employment security was a disaster with supposed Nigerian scammers stealing hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars. When the it snowed in the mountains last winter, we didn't have enough snowplow operators to clear the roads because Jay Inslee had fired so many of them with the vaccine mandate. And we have certifiably crazy people running around all over the state of Washington Because our mental health system is in complete disarray, so bad that under Jay Inslee's fake leadership, our Western State Hospital, the mental hospital, was decertified. So Jay Inslee has been a failure in everything that he's touched. You might recall, I have named him Samir, because King Midas, everything he touched turned to gold. The opposite of Midas is Samir. Jay Inslee is King Samir. Everything he touches turns to, you know. But this is one of the crazier stories that you're ever going to hear. At Western State Hospital, they hired a guy. And I want to give uh, attribution, by the way, as I always try to do, to the Tacoma News Tribune. And reporter Sean Robinson, who did a great job with this piece. But at Western State Hospital, they hired a new employee. Now, this new employee had some questionable things in his background. Let me share it with you. Uh, The new employee that they hired, his name is Mark James. Mark James, they knew that he had quite the criminal history. Mark James has 22 felonies in his short life. And what did they hire him to do? Well, to work with mentally ill patients at Western State Hospital. That seems to me to be a great connection. A 22-time felon 
working with mental health patients. I can't imagine anything going wrong. And I think it's fine to hire people who have a criminal history. But listen to how recent this criminal history was. 13 days before Mark James was hired, he had been booked on a fugitive warrant. Six days before he was hired, he was booked on new felony charges. So within a week of being hired by the state of Washington, meaning by you and me, six days earlier, he had new felony charges. And then after Mark James was hired, he continued his life of crime. He committed five more felonies after that. And here's the kicker. The state of Washington knew about all of this. His supervisor wrote a letter saying that he's an exemplary employee, even though he committed five felonies while working there. But here's what his supervisor, Allison, Allison Beba, wrote on her employee's behalf. Honorable Judge, I was asked to write this letter to confirm that Mark James is employed by Western State Hospital in the capacity of an institution counselor in the Habilitative Mental Health Program. He's employed full-time on a swing shift with Mondays and Tuesdays off. I am his direct supervisor. Mark works with individuals who have been diagnosed with an intellectual disability as well as a mental illness. He has worked with us for a year now. He is an exemplary employee. His patience with the individuals we serve is outstanding. I've received only positive feedback on his job performance and his interactions with his co-workers. Sounds like just a tip-top worker there at Western State Hospital. But while his supervisor is writing a letter to the judge to tell the judge what a great guy he is, even though he had 22 felonies before he was hired, one of them a week before he was hired, and five felonies after he was hired, uh, Western State discovered that Mark James was taking money, stealing money, they say, allegedly, from the accounts of their most severely developmentally disabled patients. Because the people at Western State, if they want to buy a snack or soda pop or they have movie nights, they got to pay a buck for that, uh, they have to have a little bit of money. And they say that Mark James was stealing from patient accounts. So, of course, at that point, you get fired, right? You can't steal from the accounts of mentally ill people, right? No, this is Washington. This is Jay Inslee's Washington. And they said that it would be racist to fire Mark James. He's a black man. Uh, They said that it would be racist to fire him. They said that the 22 prior felonies, the five felonies while working there, And then, on top of all that, stealing money, allegedly, from the accounts of patients, that's not enough to fire somebody. Come on. If you think somebody should be fired for that, maybe you're the racist. So uh, 
He kept getting reassigned to different jobs for seven months. Oh, and by the way, when he was hired, he was making about 40000 a year working with these patients. Within three years, he was making $120,000 a year. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll ask you, did your salary triple in the last three years like Mark James did? And if not, have you ever thought about maybe you need to start committing more felonies and stealing from people at your work? Because that's what gets you promoted, and that's what gets you more money in the state of Washington. And Western State says, oh, and by the way, we can't prosecute or recommend charges for him stealing from patients' accounts because the patients are too mentally ill to be witnesses. They can't be trusted to sit on a witness stand. So you add it all up, 22 felonies before he got hired, Five felonies after he got hired. Brandy Crows uh, wrote about this as well. A 27-time felon. The state of Washington knew about the 22 priors. They knew about the five post-hires. 27 felonies. Goes from 40000 a year to $118,000 a year in just a couple of years. He steals money from the account of some of the most mentally disabled people in our society. State doesn't do anything about that. But Brandy Cruz makes a great point. If you didn't get vaccinated, oh, you're fired. If you chose not to inject something into your body, Jay Inslee was the first one to say, you're fired. But 27 felonies, stealing from the most desperately mentally ill, we'll give you raises. We'll keep you around. How insane is this? The people are getting fired for not being vaxxed, and yet a guy like this can not only keep a job but climb the ladder. He's finally resigned after all of this has come out. But this is what you get. In Jay Inslee's Washington. It is a state that is completely screwed up. Brandy Cruz talked with the reporter on this great piece, Sean Robinson at the Tacoma News Tribune. Second chances are good. Redemption is good. I want to believe in redemption. I don't want people to be, you know, condemned forever. Um, but, you know, there's that. And then there's, um, you know, just putting a bottle of bourbon in front of a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, and here's one of the thefts that uh, TNT uh, unveiled. There's one particular patient who had special shoes, and uh, Mr. James takes out money in you know, $40, $50 increments four times in two weeks and says, this is for shoes. And later, the investigator goes and talks to the patient and says, did you, you know, the patient is known for having these special shoes, and they ask the patient, uh, do you have? Did you get new shoes? And he's like, "No, I've had these for a year." So why no charges filed? Why? Why in the world could this guy get away with this? They forward that to the Pierce County Prosecutor's Office. Pierce County Prosecutor's Office says, "No, we're NCFing this thing," and the reason they give is twofold. One is that the victim. By the way, NCF, no charges filed. Are not going to be reliable witnesses. 
some of them didn't want to talk. Some of them just couldn't, you know, which I think is just so damn sad. And the other part is that the system of tracking the money uh, from this dumb little cash drawer, this, you know, just uh, is so weak and and so, uh, you know, unsupervised that they couldn't, you know, get it across the goal line for a clear chart. Isn't this unbelievable? Isn't this unbelievable? With Jay Inslee as the executive of this state, how he has mismanaged everything. A King Samir. No, Salmon. Saddam. Saddam. Midas, M-I-D-A-S-S-A. Saddam. King Saddam. Jay Inslee. Everything he touches turns to... Up next in The Big Lead. The Big Lead. Your tax dollars at work. And here is another amazingly outrageous story that's just coming down today. As you know, the Democrats in Olympia passed an illegal, unconstitutional capital gains tax, which is an income tax here in Washington State. Uh, Our state constitution says that we cannot have an income tax. It is unconstitutional. You have to pass a constitutional amendment to have an income tax in Washington. So they thought, well, we'll be clever. And we'll not call it an income tax. We'll call it a capital gains tax. So if you sell a business, you sell a home, state of Washington will whack 10% off the top of your profits And uh, you can forget about passing that along to your family. But it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. The IRS has weighed in on this. Uh, A state legislator contacted the IRS and said, are capital gains considered income? And the IRS wrote back unequivocally, yes, capital gains are income. And income tax is unconstitutional in Washington. So guess what Jay Inslee And the Democrats in Olympia are doing. They are going to collect the tax anyway. Even though it's unconstitutional. The state Supreme Court, the far left radical Washington State Supreme Court this morning said that, yes, we will listen to the case of whether the capital gains tax is constitutional or not in a few months. But until then... Go ahead and collect the money from the people. So this tax is unquestionably unconstitutional. Now, here's the danger, as I say that, because what I'm telling you is true. By any measure, capital gains are considered income. When you have capital gains, you have to put it down on your federal income tax form on your 1040. That it is income, which makes it unconstitutional. But the state Supreme Court, they could just go rogue because they are so radical and they believe in making laws from the bench. And they could just say, yeah, it's unconstitutional, but we're just going to say, go ahead and do it anyway. Well, that's what they did today. They said, until we hear from both sides on the legality of this tax, Bob Ferguson, Jay Inslee, you can start collecting the tax. Now, what does this mean for you? 
It means if you have a second home, I think your primary home is excluded. But if you have a second home and you sell it and you've made $500,000 on that house, uh, depending on what the tax rate is for that, but it could be around 10%. So the state of Washington is going to just take 50000 bucks, And then you're going to have to trust if and when the court says, indeed, this is unconstitutional, that the state of Washington will return your money to you. And I think they're a bunch of thieves. I really do. And so I, my, I, I talked to my wife. This, this might be when we find a second home out of state where we will live for six months plus one day. So I won't have to deal with Washington state taxation if this goes to be. But that's the insane ruling by the Supreme Court today. They're going to allow Jay Inslee, Bob Ferguson, all the rest to collect capital gains tax before they determine that whether the law is legal or not. We are up against a monster right now, and we got to be stronger than ever. And that is your big lead for today. The Big Lead on Cairo Radio. All right, we're going to check the news for you here at the bottom of the hour, and then I will talk with an expert on this capital gains income tax deal so you know exactly what's going on there. A little bit uh, later this afternoon, we've got some very sad news just as we were going on the air. One of my favorite bands of my youth, Fleetwood Mac, Christine McVie, uh, one of the, yeah, they're, they're all talented. One of the great members of Fleetwood Mac has passed away. That's very sad. We'll have to do a little tribute there a little later this afternoon, too. Got a very busy news afternoon. The Dory Monson Show rolls on. Those you just heard in our big lead, the state Supreme Court has told the state of Washington that they can begin collecting a tax that is clearly unconstitutional. It has been the holy grail of the Democrats in Olympia and Jay Inslee and before him, Chris Gregoire. They want an income tax because once they get it, they can start jacking it up just like they've done in California. Uh, one of the people's filed the lawsuit against this. The group is called the Opportunity for All Coalition. And Colin Hathaway with that group joins us live here on the Dory Monson Show. Hey, Colin, it's great to talk with you. Hey, Dory, thanks for having me. All right, so uh, first of all, were you surprised that the state Supreme Court this morning, because, I mean, Colin, you, you're deep in this as a plaintiff. <laughs> I've been following this for years. There is zero doubt in my mind that this is an unconstitutional, illegal tax. Uh, so, so let me begin with that. Is there any doubt in your mind of that? No, there's no doubt. I mean, I think for us, we have the law on our side. We have precedent on our side. Um, and, I mean, we feel a little bit like you do. This has been their holy grail for a long time now with the ultimate goal of getting a statewide income tax for all citizens. Um, so today was disappointing. Well, and let me explain to people how this could morph into a tax on everybody. What the Constitution says is if you're going to have an income tax, it has to be uniform. If it's going to be a 1% tax on the richest person, it has to be a 1% tax on the poorest person. Uh, but 
what could happen if they get this capital gains tax, they could say, well, our interpretation is capital gains tax is set at whatever, 5%, 10 uh, The Constitution says taxes have to be uniform, so we're going to just make that the income tax for everybody in the state, 5% or 10%. I mean, that's one of the ways they could dream about backdooring this thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're they're taking two approaches here. I mean, they're calling this income tax an excise tax, uh, which has never been done before. I mean, 49 other states in the union and the IRS view this as an income tax. Any type of tax and income is an income tax. And yet the sure. legislature decided it was an excise tax. So the risk to the general population is they can start with an excise tax on capital gains and then move to an excise tax on all income. Uh, the other element that's pretty uh, I guess part of the end around goal for them is for 90 years, uh, income has been determined as property. And if the, if the Supreme Court determines that income is no longer property, then that 1% limit and the uniformity no longer apply. And then it's basically a panacea. I mean, they can open up that tax to any yes. member of the, of the state. And the uh, IRS so has... I think people should be... I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say the IRS has unequivocally spoken out on this. Uh, a state lawmaker contacted them, said uh, our capital gains income, and the IRS said absolutely yes. Uh, and that's you you fill out your capital gains on your federal income tax form. So, uh, so, so and that's why I say this is so plainly obvious that they're trying to, to run around the Constitution here. Yeah, and there's no doubt it's an income tax. I mean, Judge Huber in, in uh, Douglas County viewed it as an illegal income tax, and the IRS has stated numerous times now that this is, in fact, an income tax. And it's just it's just the tip of the spear. Um, Absolutely. It always is. Concerned about. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, so what are the practical implications? So uh, primary home in this legislation, this bogus legislation they passed, your primary home would be accepted from the capital gains, is that right? Yeah, there's there's three uh, three exemptions right now: uh, real estate, four hundred one k, and car dealerships. So good on those lobbyists. Um, <laughs> and otherwise, it's uh, the capital gains applies to any sale of an asset outside of the state, inside the state. I mean, that's partly why it's a bogus excise tax. Um, the the thing that's most interesting about this: it's a seven percent income tax on income over 250,000. But the original proposal was 9% over 50,000. So the state's already signaling, you know, where they intend to take this. And it'd be once this, if this tax is somehow implemented, it's very easy for the state then to say, well, we already have it for these items. Why not just include real estate? Why not just include the people's savings in their 401k? Why not declare another emergency? Yeah, there, there's That's there's right. a homelessness emergency. There's a a school emergency. Everything will be an emergency, and and yes, they could easily say they're removing the home exemption. So if somebody bought their home in 1980 for um, you know eighty thousand bucks, and now it's worth one point two million, then uh, they're gonna they're gonna tax you on one point one million dollars profit, uh, which is you know we, we could be looking at some six figure tax bills. Yeah, and what's, what's particularly nutty, I mean, when I first got involved in this, I tend to look at the n- n- numbers pretty clearly, is there really is no emergency. I mean, Washington State's tax revenue with the current system 
had a $10 billion budget surplus last yes. cycle. So there's tons of money available. And I, I said, well, how, how much has it changed? And I looked at it. And the budget went from $26 billion in 2010 to $66 billion. So in 12 years, you know, it went up 154%. Our population went up 13%. Yeah. So there's so much additional money in the state per citizen already. That there's really no justifiable reason for additional taxation. Yeah. When Jay Inslee ran for governor the first time, he came on this radio show, Colin, and he promised me and my listeners that he would never raise taxes. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> I, I, play, I play that audio all the time because he, he said, nope, just good population growth and efficiencies. That's how we'll grow the state. And he, uh, he's been the worst, according to uh, uh, what's the libertarian Cato Institute? He's the worst fiscal governor in the nation for the last two years now. So uh, here's my fear: two things, real quick. First of all, all of our legislators and the governor and the attorney general—they all, when they are sworn into office, they all vow to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Washington. Uh, I find it infuriating that they are so blatantly trying to violate the Constitution and to clearly break their vows. I, I find that really problematic, Colin. Yeah, well, not only are they violating the Constitution, I mean, just, just last November we had an advisory vote where 61% of the citizens in the state voted against this tax. So they're violating not only the Constitution, but the will of the constituents. And the method they've taken with this tax has taken it out of the hands of the voters. And, and partly because they know if they brought it to the voters, it would fail. It's failed yeah. 10 times already. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've tried it uh, many times over the last uh, 90 years, and every time the voters say no. Uh, okay, last thing. We have, in my view, a radical Supreme Court that has shown no hesitation of legislating from the bench. I don't know that our Supreme Court justices care about the state constitution. And if if this, because many of them are appointed by Inslee and, and Gregoire, and, and then they're elected without opposition, uh, if they are right. radical leftists, they could just ignore the constitution and approve this thing, couldn't they? They could, they could. If they choose the route of ratifying it as an excise tax, there are potentially um, uh, options for us to fight at the U.S. Supreme Court because it will violate the Federal Commerce Clause. Yes. But yes, they could. And it is it is problematic. Yeah, man. I really appreciate people like you out there fighting for this, Colin. Uh, it's a, this is an important one because it's going to affect the the tax structure in our state for forevermore if they're successful. Well, I appreciate the time. I mean, it's bad for the state, it's bad for the citizenry, and for small business owners alike. So thank you so much for having me. You got it. Colin Hathaway, Opportunity for All Coalition, one of the plaintiffs going up against the state of Washington. But man, the state's going to throw everything at them because they will stop at nothing to get an income tax on you. All right, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can text me, 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-5476. Lots more straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show.
one of the many songs where Christine McVie was the lead singer for Fleetwood Mac. The breaking news coming in just as I was going on the air this afternoon. Uh, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac has died at the age of 79. First of all, I was really surprised she was 79 because she, even in their most recent live performances that I've seen, she looks looked fantastic. As does Stevie Nicks. They all look pretty good. Mick Fleetwood, he looks his age. But uh, this is one of those bands. I don't know. Actually, this would be a good text question for you. When I was in high school, rumors was, I think, the biggest selling album of all time, or one of the biggest, or most weeks at number one. It, it had all kinds of records, and I I couldn't stand it. Didn't like rumors, didn't like Fleetwood Mac. I, I got it that they were good. I recognized they were talented, but it just wasn't for me. Now, for the last 20 years, I can't get enough of them. Uh, I think more than any other band, Fleetwood Mac's one where I've done a complete 180. Or as 90% of the population says, I've done a complete 360. I've done a complete 180 from couldn't stand them to just love them. You know what? That is a good text question. Musically, for you. Who are the artists that you couldn't stand and now you love? Text me, 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-5476. She was 79 years old. She died in a hospital after a short illness. Her family was with her. She was also uh, the lead on the song that Bill Clinton Revived after Fleetwood Mac first made it famous. Well, that's not Christine McVie there. Where is it? I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Uh, every Christmas, one of my favorite Christmas traditions. Uh, I've mentioned that I like to play the piano, try to play every day for, you know, at least 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not very good. I just love it. My oldest daughter is very good pianist. And every Christmas, she gives me a piano music uh, book from various artists. So, and Fleetwood Mac was the one she gave me last year. And she told me, of all the bands from my era, Fleetwood Mac is my daughter's absolute favorite. Uh, but, oh, man, I got I got Super Tramp and Chicago and the Beatles and Billy Joel. I got all the piano music I could possibly want. If I could turn the page, Great distinctive voice right there, isn't it? To have her voice and Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham all in the same band. 
Oh, I control that now, don't I, Andrew? Yes, you do. That's all I you know. I control the music mix for the first time ever. Wow, I can go high. I can go low and talk over it. But it's under my control. I forgot. I was wondering why you weren't bringing it down. Uh, so anyway, it's th- this is the news that comes up on a regular basis now that just really gets you, though. Those people who are part of the soundtrack of your life, and they're dying. They don't like that. All right, we're going to check the news for you. Christine McVie, at the age of 79, has passed away. Okay, we're going to check the news for you here at the top of the hour, and then the Fast 15 is coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show.